What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through some of the top buy low trade targets heading into week seven of the NFL season. We have a couple deep dives in this video, a solid option for contending teams. So a solid mix of players here. If you guys have any fantasy questions, you know, if you want to talk about trades for these players, drop them down below. I'll also have my sell high players in a different video and then my waiver wire targets out today also. But we're going to start it off with the trade target for contending teams and it's going to be Devon Achan. So if you're sitting here at 6-0, 5-1, I would definitely be out there trying to trade for Devon Achan, especially if he is being rostered by like a middle-of-the-pack team or a team that's really struggling. Like if a team is not a lock to make the playoffs and they have Devon Achan sitting on their bench, they might be panicking. Obviously, he's not going to be helping them win games in the short term, so they may want to be pivoting off of him for like a solid RB2 who can deliver short-term production because that's what they need right now. And I know that people have been impressed by Devon Achan, but I feel like they haven't truly grasped how insane he has actually been. Like, it seems like some people still think he's kind of fluky or just like on a, you know, a nice run. He has been involved in this Dolphins offense for three games. And in those three games, he is averaging 33.3 PPR points per game. Now, obviously, that is not sustainable production. He's had some huge plays. He's had a lot of touchdown success. But it's not just like a fluke one-time performance. He's also going out and outscoring Raheem Mostert on similar workloads. So he's outscored Raheem Mostert in all three of those weeks, not just cumulatively. Each individual week, he has more PPR points than Raheem Mostert, but we saw Raheem Mostert go out with Devon Achan on IR, and Mostert had a really strong week six, so I think people may be thinking potentially Mostert could be the running back one rest of season, maybe they think Achan comes back, he's the running back two in a split. There's also like this contingent of people who really like Jeff Wilson and think that Jeff Wilson is going to come in and earn some kind of role. I mean, people were even saying this after Achan's like second or third game, they're like, oh, watch out, Jeff Wilson's coming back. Personally, I can't get there with Jeff Wilson. Like, what has Jeff Wilson shown in his career that people think he's going to come in and take Devon Achan's job or even Raheem Mostert, who has looked significantly better this year than he did last year when he was in a split? But if people want to think Jeff Wilson's going to come in, that's even better news for buying low on Achan because they might think it's some sort of like three headed committee that they don't want to be a part of. But uh, Devon Achan on the season is averaging 6.74 yards over expected per attempt. That is absurd. The next highest running back in the NFL, Achan is at 6.74, is Brees Hall at 2.57, and that's a great number. And Achan is nearly like three times better than that. Reports have come out that Achan should be good to go in week 11. They also have the bye thrown in there, so it'll be like five weeks. It seems like the Dolphins were pretty conservative. I mean, to already assume he's going to be good to go. Seems like they just took the safe approach, wanted to get him healthy back by week 11, so he'll be good rest of season. I think that's fine, especially if you're going to be buying him low here off of IR. And then for the last, what, six weeks or six, seven weeks of the fantasy football season, you could be getting a running back one on this Dolphins offense with high-end running back one upside. Of all the players who kind of went down, he's the guy I really want to go after because it seems pretty clear he's going to be back right after the mandatory four games. Uh, Justin Jefferson, kind of a different situation, could be like four to six weeks. Then you're getting into the spot of, are they tanking? What's going on there? James Conner, not a ton of clarity. 
Um, so he's the injured guy that I really want to be going after here if you are on a contending team. Now, shifting over to just some of the more general players, this could be contending teams, non-contending teams, starting off with Evan Ingram here. And I think I talked about him a few weeks ago, but he just continues to be a very, very consistent option at the tight end position. He's currently averaging 11 PPR points per game, which isn't anything crazy. But with no touchdowns, that's a very solid number for the tight end position. He's averaging 7.3 targets per game, so a lot of consistent volume. And there's nothing about Evan Ingram that makes him like inherently less likely to score touchdowns compared to some of the other tight ends in the same area. Like he's on a strong offense. He has strong route participation. It's not like they're taking him out near the goal line. So he's kind of just been unlucky. Um, and assuming Trevor Lawrence is healthy, right? If his knee is completely messed up, then that's a huge hit for Evan Ingram. But at the time I'm recording this, we don't really know what uh, T-Law situation is. But if Lawrence is healthy, semi-healthy, I really like Evan Ingram as a buy-low trade target. It's very rare that you can actually go out and trade for like a reliable starting tight end. It's really tough. Like your Mark Andrews, your Travis Kelsey's, TJ Hawkinson, it's going to be really tough to work out a trade. I know in my home league, like I'm stacked at like every position except the tight end position. I'm like rolling out a committee of David Njoku, Hunter Henry, and Tyler Higbee, and I'm trying to go out, trade some of my depth to get a strong tight end. It's a tough thing to pull off because a lot of people don't want to get rid of that elite upside option. For Evan Ingram, he hasn't necessarily flashed crazy production, so I feel like people won't be so locked in on like keeping him on their roster. There are certain tight ends you could kind of tear up from. Like a guy like Dalton Schultz, who's had three straight impressive weeks, I still easily prefer Evan Ingram rest of season, but he's a guy where maybe you get a minor downgrade another position and you can kind of flip those tight ends. Those are the deals I'd be looking to go after because if he had this type of volume and consistency, but was scoring two, three touchdowns through six games, I mean, he would pretty much be untradeable at this point. Even if he scores two touchdowns, he's up at 13 PPR points per game, which is really, really strong production at the tight end position. So if you need a tight end, he's a guy I'd be looking to buy low on. Now, these are going to be some of the deeper dives here with these last two, two wide receivers. We're going to start it off here with Elijah Moore. And fantasy-wise, no doubt about it, Elijah Moore has been terrible. 7.4 PPR points per game. I also think there's probably some frustration factored in from last season where he was picked pretty highly in fantasy drafts, completely fell apart, like didn't do anything. This is not the same situation here. Like he is not falling out of the wide receiver rotation. Um, but in terms of like fantasy value, he actually may be at the point where in certain leagues he's getting released or could be like pretty much free. Like if you wanted him in a trade, he could just be included as an add-in. That's kind of where we're at. So it's not like you're going to have to go out and pay an arm and a leg for Elijah Moore. But I do have some confidence that he can turn it around here. When Deshaun Watson was at the quarterback position, Elijah Moore was targeted 25 times in the first three games of the season. So he was commanding crazy volume. I'm pretty sure I talked about him as a buy low then because I'm like, he's getting all this volume. The production just hasn't come. It should be coming if he's commanding this type of volume. But with Watson out, his production and volume has been even worse. So in the two games that Watson has missed, um, he's only scored 8.7 total PPR points. But like even yesterday's game, he was targeted seven times. PJ Walker missed him wide open like two different times later on in the game. Those are just the plays I saw. So the opportunities are there. He's getting open. Um, and I think if Deshaun Watson can get healthy, that's the big if here. Like his injury situation is kind of weird where it seemed like he was cleared um, a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, he said he wasn't able to go. Now he's missing another game. So who knows how that plays out. But if Deshaun Watson can get back on the field, 
I think Elijah Moore can definitely become playable as like a wide receiver three flex option. And I don't think there are a lot of those players out there who are currently valued as like free or like next to free in terms of their fantasy price. So Elijah Moore, someone I would definitely just be asking around on if he's not, you know, released here heading into week six. And then the final wide receiver, another kind of, you know, lower tier guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And we finally kind of saw some life out of him here in week six. He had four receptions for 48 yards. Now for the typical person, just like box score watching, that's nothing crazy. Like you wouldn't like that in your fantasy lineup. But when we dig a little bit deeper and look at his usage, that's what's really encouraging about Jackson Smith and Jigba moving forward. So the Seahawks went out of 11 personnel at a much higher rate than they had done through the uh, first five weeks of the season. We saw Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN all run the same number of routes, which is a great sign because for the first five weeks, Metcalf and Lockett had been locked into those top two wide receiver routes. JSN had been, you know, 50, 60% route participation, which is not getting it done. And he really wasn't used super effectively. He was like a low A dot guy, which is just not his game. He was used a little bit more down the field, also made some dudes miss in this game. And the hope here for JSN is that the Seahawks continue using these three wide receiver sets because it was always going to be unlikely for JSN to beat out Metcalf or Lockett for like wide receiver two snaps. Being in on JSN, that was not the expectation. The expectation was that he's talented enough to kind of force them into a lot of three wide receiver sets, which also like isn't uncommon in today's NFL with how uh, pass heavy it is. So I think if he can maintain his usage, he could definitely become fantasy relevant if he continues to play in a lot of these three wide receiver sets or the Seahawks continue to run these three wide receiver sets. And I think hope is still there for like a late season rookie breakout. Um, Similar to a guy like Elijah Moore, he's probably close to free at this point. Like if someone isn't actually going out there, digging into the snap counts, the raw participations, they're probably just going to assume this was like a decent day, but they're not probably going to be super enthusiastic about JSN moving forward. He was most people's wide receiver one in this rookie class, so I'm not giving up on him. The fact that the usage is now there. He just needs to flash his talent, and he could definitely become a nice option down the stretch. So those are going to be my four buy low options. Devon Achan, Evan Ingram, Elijah Moore, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. That is going to wrap it up for this one. Like I said at the top, check out my waiver wire target video. That's already up. Uh, Sell high players will be up today also. Thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.